No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Welcome to the resurrection of the stern look. Joining me tonight is the originator of the program, the godfather of the podcast, Kangaroos Forever, or Ben. Thank you, Le Grill. It's always good to be, I'm glad to be back. Pleasure, pleasure to have you. Also joining us from the... Oh shit! I fucked it up already. No, we'll restart. Uh, we'll restart it. That's fine. Yeah, I, I should have should have planned what I was going to say. You're right. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. You did the I like thing last I like, time I, too. I, I, ben, yeah, ben, I, I liked like, your I liked your little pause. I liked your pause before you came in. That was good. It was very dramatic. <laughs> well, I'll replicate that then. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the resurrection of the stern look, the red-headed stepbrother of North Melbourne podcasts. Joining me this <laughs> fine evening is the godfather of the podcast, its originator, Kangaroos Forever. How are you Thank, going, mate? I'm um, good, mate. Just like the second version of the godfather, this second version is just going to be as good or even better than the original. Now, hopefully better than the third. Oh, don't, don't mention the third. Don't mention that. They're not coming also, back a third time. <laughs> also joining us is Father of the Year, Hilly Roo. How are you going, mate? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, fair. A bit tired, but, yeah, not too bad. That's the way, mate. Keep trucking on. <laughs> Keep on trucking. All right, let's get um, into the traditional warm-up. A bit of word association. Who wants to go first? Oh, we should really flip a coin for this before we start. <laughs> I think we should go with the Godfather, shouldn't we? He's the boss. Oh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. I, I, thanks for that. Right, I'll go. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Okay, Godfather. Uh, yes. It's going to be a bit of a uh, flavour about these names. Yep. So I'll straight Okay. Good. Yep. Jed Anderson. Potential. David Hale. Baldy. Nathan Thompson. Likeable. Okay. Alistair Clarkson. How many words have I got for this one? Well, one. Oh, fine dwarf. <laughs> Adam Simpson. Gun. Okay. Philly, ready, mate? I am. <laughs> Josh Gibson. Flog. Jonathan Hay. Immensely fat. That's two words. And a bit unfair. Will Sirikowski. 
Who? Will Sirikowski. Yeah, I got you. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll love this next one. Lance Pacioni. Not a bad fella. Okay. And lastly, Donald McDonald. Legend. <laughs> I love the emphasis on the L there. That's fair. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I, I don't think I've been on, or I might have, but I might not have mentioned it, but Donald McDonald, he, he's, a, he's a good mate of a good mate of mine, and he heard we, me and a couple of mates were going up to the Gold Coast game, and he promised he'd get us some uh, some tickets. And then he came back to me and said that he was unable to source free tickets, so he paid for the tickets out of his own pocket and then refused to take money for them. Oh, wow. Jeez. So that how good's that bloke? Oh, he gets a gold star from the podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, what a legend. That's what I mean, a legend. As for Jonathan Hay being a bit unfair, he was the fattest man to ever be on an AFL list. Dean Rioli begs to differ. Mate, he Tom had Hawkins him covered. He looks like he ate. He looks like he ate Rioli. What about, what about Motlop preseason? Oh. He, was way, oh, he was way bigger than them. Way, way, way. It was disgusting. Two first round. But I digress. Let's go. Let's move on. Okay, thanks. All right, I think we'll move straight on to the issue of the week. Um, you'd have to be deaf or blind or living on Mars to not have heard about this issue this week. Well, and it's, it's the monastery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go on, Teffy. Um, Same-sex marriage, the... is it? No, we're not that highbrow. <laughs> um, we're quite lowbrow. Can I, can I continue uninterrupted, please? Uh, well, I'll think sure. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about the tackle. Obviously, with uh, Brady Grundy's tackle, I'm Ben Brown over the weekend, a lot of angst has been expressed over the future of the tackle, and um, I just wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that. You want to tackle that one first, Phil? You go, okay, Phil. Uh, no, you go first, mate. I'm, I'm very respectful of your view. Oh, thank oh, you, not mine. Oh, jeez, where's this respect? I am the godfather, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, at watching it live, I actually legitimately thought that just after watching the Zebel thing, I was still pissed off about that. But I legitimately thought that he broke something that he shouldn't have. That was that bad. I, yeah. I saw the yeah. reaction. Look, Grundy, look, he's he's not a spiteful person. He was, wasn't utterly malicious. I don't think he really intended to do it to start with. But it wasn't the perfect tackle. He did do two motions. Collingwood supporters can bitch and moan about all they want. doesn't matter if he hit his chest first. He hit his head and it bounced off and hit his head again. That, yeah, that that was sickening. I, I can't imagine what the, his missus went through with that. His family. But I'm I'm glad he there's no injuries. I'm glad he's okay. But it really we need to think about not only concussion but the future of the game in terms of tackling because a lot of people are worried what direction we're heading with this. Billy Yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It happened right in front of where we where, where we sit. And as soon as his head hit the ground, I, I said to Brady, oh, no, he's in big trouble. He doesn't look good. And watching it on replay a thousand or so times, I think I've done it this week, he, um, he definitely lifts him into the air as well. You can see Grundy, if you look at Grundy's right elbow, it as, as he's got hold of him, that elbow lifts up high into the air and then slams him back down. It's it, it's dangerous in the extreme, 
And for people to be bickering and whinging about a two-week suspension for something that that could have a whole lot of harm to to a player for the rest of their life really uh, really annoyed me through the week. I had many a Twitter argument with people. Um, it's it, I think two weeks was was more than appropriate. I I, I don't think Grunny meant to hurt him necessarily, but the the technique that he used was, was far from perfect. In fact, it was it was highly illegal and, and dangerous in the extreme. I mean, that's how that's that's the the poster child for the for the horrendous tackle in my mind. I mean, I I read a lot about CTE in, in American sport and, and what that's done over there and players killing themselves and and causing all sorts of mental issues. We we read about Greg Williams, probably one of the greatest AFL players of all time. You know, he's got no short-term memory at all because of what happened on the football field. And for people to even think for for a moment that what Grundy did should be acceptable, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. We had an, I had an argument with six guys at work. As soon as I got to work on Tuesday, they asked me my opinion on it. And as soon as I said it, I was held down and I was called lots of uh, homophobic slurs for having that opinion. But um, it's... One of them said, "Football's dead because you can't tackle anymore," and it's 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 so incorrect. You can still tackle, absolutely, you can still tackle, and you can still tackle hard, but you just don't tackle someone so their head smashes into the ground, rendering rendering them unconscious. That's just what you can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from my point of view, what both of you guys said pretty much, I'm in agreement with. I wouldn't go so far as to say. Don't necessarily agree to being three weeks down to two. I think two down to one was probably about right. I mean, I definitely think that it, he was just thinking about tackling and nothing else. I don't think there was any, any you know, um, malice in it. But um, one thing that the whole debate really raised was, I think as a um, as a football viewing public, I think we're getting a little bit reactionary. I don't think um, – I think I think it's a bit laughable to say the tackle's dead. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually agree with John Ralph for a change. He made the point there's about 1,500 tackles every weekend, and we're talking about one wrong one. Let's not worry about the tackle dying. Just work on the technique. And I think that's spot yeah. on. Um Look, I mean, I thought it was more worthy of a suspension than, say, the Jared Waite one, and I know that's with my North Melbourne hat on. Um, but that said, Waite's was – he brought him down to the side. The guy's elbow hit the ground. His head unfortunately bounced, whereas Grundy actually drew him forward. And at the time, I was thinking, oh, we might get a free kick for pushing the back. I didn't think that, you know – I didn't think anything of the tackle at the time until we saw what the result was. And unfortunately, that is, in this day and age, with the litigious nature of society at the moment, the AFL must. They must try to stamp this out. They must punish it. It's We can't, like like um, Philly said, we can't have it, examples like the concussion syndromes in, in, in America, which have which have turned really nasty, or even Greg Williams not being able to, you know, not be able to remember things. We just can't have that as part of the game. That does not mean that you can't be physical. It does not mean that Mm. the tackle's dead. It's just 
players have to really think about how they go about tackling and working on that technique. I mean, I think what's lost in this as well is that the Players Association were one of the ones that that lobbied for this dangerous tackle thing to be to be brought in as a rule. Yeah. So to protect to protect the players. So I mean, the, the the current day players don't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, I think a couple of Collingwood players come out and said it was a fair tackle. What are you supposed to do? But but as a whole, this this is the rule that the players wanted brought in to protect themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, what, every, all the Collingwood fans kept pointing me to Brent Harvey. Said it was a fair tackle. Well, mate, I don't care. Brent Harvey can have have the wrong opinion just as much as anyone else can have the wrong opinion. The fact yeah. that that Brown's head bounced off the turf is an indication that it that it wasn't a fair tackle. And it was potentially, you know, excessive. But oh, exactly. I mean, it could um, it could have killed him on the spot. It could have broken his yeah. neck, and. He he could be affected from that from that particular tackle for the rest of his life. That, that's how, that's as serious as it is. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, thankfully he seems to be up and about and okay and in line for potentially mm. playing this week. Although I would, I hope I'll, he doesn't play. I I, I would prefer I would it to rest. After but, that, he wouldn't play for two weeks. I hope he has two weeks. Yeah. Off. Yeah. I I tend to agree. I think um, there's nothing to be gained out of him playing. I know. I mean, I know we're all we were all very keen to see him contest for the for the Coleman, but um, yeah, for his point, um, for his well-being going forward, I think you know you can we can afford to give him a couple of weeks, but whether that'll happen or not, well, well, that remains to be seen. Okay, be, well, let's face it. When we get Dusty next year, he'll kick two hundred next year, Brownie. Oh, with the uh, with the improved production and distribution. Correct. To him. That's right. Yes. That's right. Well, it'd be a bit ironic if he does go out and Lockie Hansen comes in because of the concussion <laughs> side of things. Yeah. Both yeah. have a hor- well, Lockie has a horrid history of concussion. I think he's just probably one away himself. Yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, now that you, you've actually reminded me, I mean, we've had Lee Adams who had to cut his career short over oh, it. Oh, that so. was sad. That, yeah, there's a few issues with him, unfortunately. But. Yeah. So, I mean, I would go as far to say, as as a fan, I would urge North Melbourne to err on the side of caution. I know that's not yeah. probably going to be the popular view, but that's, that's, that is how anyway. I feel about it. Correct. And anyone, like, after this whole tanking debate and the ins and outs about it, who gives a shit if that's what they say? And if they, if they say that dropping Ben Brown is tanking in this circumstance, well, that just shows how full of shit the media are. I mean, we know that that's the case at the moment, but that would just... No, I don't the... think they would over that. I think they'd be everyone would be fine with that after seeing the vision of his head. I don't think anyone would suggest we were taking Ben Brown missed. Yeah. All right. I think that's pretty much exhausted all the views on this um, on this issue. Um, so we'll move on to thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, get in there, Philly. Um, <laughs> thumbs up was hard probably on the weekend. Probably... I'd, Look, I went to the footy and had to leave at halftime because we had a couple of games the next day very early with the kids. But I'd say Jack Zabel's second half as a forward would have to be a thumbs up. The other thumbs up would be, I really like the way that Josh Williams moves. I don't know how much of the ball he got, but he uh, he looks like a, a dead set AFL footballer to me. I think he's been a good get. Um, thumbs down is me getting 
banned from big footy for a week. I think it's a bullshit <laughs> suspension, and I'm really disappointed with it. And, okay, well, we have another... some. Um, we have some. Obviously, this this will be heard by potential representatives of the moderating community. Would you care to um, put your case forward to them? Well, no, yeah. Look, I got I got a I got a warning, and which led me to then get suspended for a subsequent post. But the warning was to do with a, a Carlton poster right on the main board that North Melbourne are sad and pathetic because they're trying to spend money to bring in a good player to their club that they didn't raise as their own. And the fact that they've had Chris Judd, Greg Williams and Ron Brassi do some very similar things, I wrote very calmly and with, with a fair bit of measure that the fact that a Carlton supporter posted this warms my heart. And that post that post attracted a deletion and a warning. <coughs> Excuse me. And then um, what I what I did get banned for was a uh, a Richmond supporter wrote on the main board again, as if Dusty'd go to that shit truck of a club, North Mel- North Melbourne. They're going to be in Tassie anyway. The club's dead. Ha 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 ha. And I wrote, what a floggish view from a floggish fan or something like that. And I got a ban for a week. Uh, seems seems harsh. I never. I probably I never, shouldn't have read the flog thing. I never get that remark on Big Footy because the thing is, we survived for 120 years as a poor club. Plus, yeah, I know. If you're not, go- he tried to. I mean, I, he tried to bait me. He got me. To be fair, I, I, I should be better than that. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we know you're not. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. A, I've got a really. Uh, a really big go button, and as soon as someone presses it, I uh, I tend to jump in. But yeah, so that, anyway, that that would probably that's one thumbs down. The other thumbs down would be would be seeing Brown go down. It wasn't wasn't nice for anyone there. Everyone except for the the Collingwood fan that was standing behind us celebrating. He thought it was a great uh, event that Ben Brown went down. He was jumping up and down and swearing at him and calling him weak and telling him to get up and being really disrespectful and but subsequently he was arrested and taken out of the ground so that was a plus for everyone as well <laughs> uh catch all all right my first thumbs up is benny mckay being moved to defense in the vfl game and he he, he played really well it was apparently a very tarrant like defensive game a lot of intercept marks a lot of strong one-on-ones decent kicking and he could potentially lining up for a debut this week, but that may be just the media department playing with us again. They do like to troll us quite often. Therefore, looking at My second thumbs up is retirement of Jay Watson. Don't let the door hit you on the backside on the way out. I feel he doesn't like that. That's right. He's obviously, yeah, the loss, the way we lost, it was very reminiscent of the St Kilda game, which I attended. And my second thumbs down will be obviously the injury to Benny Brown and the never-ending injury list. It's just ridiculous. And that's it for me. Right. Okay. Uh, personally, uh, my positives were Ben Buckley's um, Facebook Q&A. I thought that was a really good touch and executed wonderfully. On a personal level, um, it was great to meet up with some of the faces of Big Footy. Um, that was, yeah, no, a good bunch of guys. A few beers were had, a few beers per minute. Um, and that was, yeah, it was really fun. 
Uh, thumbs down was obviously the loss. So I hate travelling to see a loss, but it happened. <laughs> and to echo Ben's thoughts, I thought the injuries, there needs to be a bit of an, I think, an inquiry about this, um, particularly with players like Dorr, Wood, Jacobs and Wright. I know two of those are chronic injuries. However, the fact that um, they have not appeared to improve at all um, and the fact that they have made a couple of returns and then pretty much hit the injury list that very game is very concerning. And I think um, even if you add uh, Jared Waits, calf injuries. I just think there seems to be something with the recovery process that doesn't seem to be quite right. I think most of these injuries would be fine if it were just one-offs and the player came back, but it just seems to be they come back for a game and then they go back on the list and miss a few and come back and miss a few. Um, I I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, it's certainly concerning, and it's something that we probably need to get a handle of and quick. Yeah, I mean, it, all cards are on the table. We've got to look at everything, I suppose. We've, we've missed a, a lot of good players have been out all year. We, you know, we had had Sammy Wright in and Ben Jacobs in. It could have been a very different start to the season, and you know, yeah. Mason Wood's got a bit of a continual injury history. He's got to either fix that yeah. up or figure it out, doesn't he? Oh, I think so. And I think even even last season, you know, we started 9-0 and and the injuries start to mount up, started to mount up at that point. And, I mean, I mean, from a North Melbourne supporter's point of view, it's, it's quite galling because on the list, on the injury list at the moment, there's a lot of people who are backups of backups. So yeah. we are really, we are really on bare bones at the moment. And I mean, you know, every cloud's got a silver lining and all that. I mean, at least as a result of a lot of these injuries, we've blooded a lot of players and they've got extended game time, and hopefully that'll yeah. hold yeah. them in good stead for the future. So I mean, yeah, I mean, as much as it's disappointing that we haven't had our best eighteen out there probably all year, we've we've been able to see what some kids have gotten. Pretty much all of them have showed something. I mean, Ed Vickers Willis has showed that he had a lot. Mitch Hibbard started to show a little bit. I thought. Now yeah. it's been pretty good. Clark's shown a lot. You know, even Neil, I thought Nielsen was pretty good from what I saw on the weekend. He battled pretty hard against Vasolo early. You know, it, it, there's 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 some there's some brightness there as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, get these guys fit, and you know, with a full squad, um, everybody competing for spots. I can only see that being a good thing. But at this stage, it seems a long way off happening because. Like I said, even these players that would benefit from, like, say, an Ed Vickers-Willis or even a Magic Door that would benefit of an extended run in the side for the best part of the season, yeah, we can't get them. We can't get them on the park. Um, and then we go into the, and then we start to get into the preseason period, and they're still not right. Um, understanding that professional sport and professional sports medicine is a a tricky thing. It just, I think, for the good of the club, I think we do need to have a look at what exactly is the problem with some of these people. I mean, if they're just injury-prone people, and then there's not much we can do about it, but then should those players be on the list? Should those players be assessed and 
you know, a judgment made on their ability to come back or their potential ability to come back because we can't have another season of this next season, particularly um, after, you know, this season and the last half of the season before. It just, there's only so much time you can give to the developing or the resetting excuse before, before all football departments become accountable, not just the coaching staff, not just the playing staff, but all facets. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> all facets. <laughs> uh, can, we edit, um, can we edit like a wind gust and crickets? And <laughs> I think I can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> we should play it while we're doing it. That'll be good. I should get a soundboard. I did plan to get one of you. All right, so we all finished on that topic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's an interesting topic, though. I think also is restructuring, just taking the point further, restructuring probably the medical department, also the coaching, I think, as well, needs a bit of a look at in terms, I think, our defence, if coaching hasn't been that great this year, it's all things to consider because I think since Saunders, I think, is left now, hasn't he? So it's changed a few little things. I think he's part-time. He's yeah. still involved, but part-time, yeah. That makes things a bit harder. Absolutely. Okay, well, moving on to um, one of many new segments that we're going to trial over the rest of this season, in basically to find a formula that works for next season, we have the inaugural Shinboner of the Week. What we're going to do is give you three, three candidates for the award, and we want... We want you to vote for this on the board during the week and we will announce the winner in our next show. So I will start with nominating Scooby1278 for his efforts against uh, Sam McClure during the week. Obviously, Sam and I have had a bit of a, a run-in on Twitter and um, it always feels good to get the backup from the Big Footy brethren. So, now you punch on with everyone on Twitter, though. Not everyone. I'm only joking, mate. <laughs> uh, ben, who have you got as your uh, nominee? Oh, I'm going to butcher the name, so I apologise in advance, but Jin Dirk. Oh, I'm not sure if I pronounced that correct. It's Jin Double R-C-K. With his, basically, his photoshopping's just been superb over the last couple of weeks, especially with the Dustin Martin, Fred. His <laughs> photoshopping's gone way beyond anything I've been able to do over the couple of years. So, Dr. So blowing my own trumpet a little bit there, but also blowing his trumpet a little bit more. He's been superb, so that's my nominee. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Okay, uh, Philly, who's your nominee, I'm going I'm to I'm go with, in a, in a pretty bare week, I, I would say, considering you guys took two good ones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Ben Brown. I think the way that he handled the press conference he did through the week, sort of absolving Grundy of any blame and wishing him all the best, and uh, saying that he felt a bit sorry for him, I thought that was very Shimbonaresque, as opposed okay. to someone from the Bulldogs who would be demanding a suspension. <laughs> or the Carlton medical staff. Did I say that? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Did I say that aloud? <laughs> okay, no worries. Well, the yin to the Shinboner of the week's yang is obviously the villain of the week. Um, I we've got a couple of uh, nominees. Um, I'll go first. 
my first nominee would be the umpires. In particular, the discrepancy between the treatment of the Jack Zebel tackle and the Ben Brown tackle. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Philly, what is, what, what's your nominee, mate? I'm going to go with a late change. I, I did say something pretty and I'm going to change it. I'm going, to, I'm going to change it to the Collingwood fans that want to blame Ben Brown for being knocked out. I, I actually <laughs> saw one of them saying that Ben Brown should be suspended for trying to kick the ball when he's being tackled, and it was, in fact, his fault, and he felt sorry for Brodie Grundy, who's been through put through anguish as a result. I reckon that's a really good one. It's a special uh, kind ben. of stupid... Anyway, no, that, it oh, is. Sorry, but that is it a is. special kind of stupid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I think it, that that's poor form. And apparently, um, apparently, Brody Grundy got booed by our fans, which yeah, I heard. You know, that. I don't think we were booing Brody, Brody Grundy. I well, I definitely wasn't. We were booing the umpires a bit more. Oh, that's Correct. We booed the umpires reason. because they paid the Jack free kick and not the Grundy free kick. Yeah. That was that was my reason. And I mean, I. I just want to make it clear from my point of view that I held there was no ill feeling towards Brody Grundy from my point of view. I mean, not that my point of view particularly matters too much, but yeah. um, but you know he he was just playing footy. He didn't want to hurt the guy. It just happened, and in that respect, mm. I think we can all feel sorry for for him in that. And I I hope anyone who did boo him kind of um has a moment to reflect and probably realise that it wasn't the best thing. So. Nah, mate, you know what? It's footy. If you pay your money, you're allowed to boo, I reckon. Yep, as long I as agree. you're not being... Well, yeah, to a point. I mean, it still doesn't mean what you're booing about is correct, I suppose. Yeah, but that's... Obviously, okay. everyone... I mean, it's just like, you know, people. a lot of people say political correctness has gone mad. I can't have a joke anymore or I can't say this yeah. anymore. Yeah, you can say it, but someone's got their free speech to say that your free speech was a lot of shit. Like, well, I, just, always, I, just saw a, I just saw a news clip about Joe Watson just before I jumped on, and the uh, it had from the game in Perth when they played against West Coast, and the whole crowd booed him when he had that shot at goal. And it had the commentary in the background of that moment, and it was Luke Darcy saying that uh, it wasn't a good moment for the West Coast fans and they're a disgrace and they should have a long, hard look at themselves. Well, I totally disagree on that. If you pay your money to get in, you're allowed to boo, yeah, I think. Yeah. As long as yeah. it's not racist and as long as it's not driven by that. If it's driven by the player, you know, doing drugs or, or having a perception that they've done drugs or they've done something to one of your players on the field, I think you're, you're well within your rights to boo. Yeah. yeah. I, think, anyway, uh, I, think most, I think most people know whether or not what they're booing is right or wrong. I mean, they yeah, might right. justify it however they want to, but... Um, it's yeah, it's yeah. like a mob thing. We Romans Romans did it two thousand years ago, and we're doing it now. We're allowed to do it. Adelaide yeah. fans booed a goalpost once. They booed a goalpost. Yeah, I think it was one of the games where Carey was playing for Adelaide, and he oh, smashed. Geez, they've been on the Chardonnay too much and knitting too much. That's ridiculous. <laughs> because oh, shout out to the Port Banner too. By the way, that was brilliant. That was good. <laughs> but um, they had like goalposts that were square, and he he got his leg and he, I don't know cut it or or something. There was a bit of blood, and they the camera actually zoomed in on the goalpost. Was met with a 
chorus booze from the Adelaide faithful. God bless them. So anyway, that's a bit of a lighthearted view. But Ben, villain of the week. Well, villain of the week, we've already discussed him a couple of times and I've already raised him. Joe Watson, why didn't you retire earlier, you fat, overrated little thing? You should have retired earlier. Stop hugging the limelight. You should have retired in the minute that you were a drug cheat. I'm done. Oh, pounding the desk. Okay. Oh, well, it's a... It's an I, was, I, I should have watched Charlie Chapman films and the great dictator too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Ben, I believe it is time for unlo- unleashing one of our new segments, the yep. rumour file. The rumour file. Well, this has sprung on me last minute, but I'm happy to do it. So <laughs> one of the rumours is North Melbourne's Twitter teasing that Benny Mackay might be getting a game this week. Now, what they did was they posted a picture of him with the in the mix. So I believe the strong rumour is he'll be getting a great fan of Lockie, as everyone knows. I'm his only fan. What? <laughs> Who's only? Sean Utley's only fan. <laughs> and <laughs> the other rumour, Philly, is it? Is it happening? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's still happening. And can, can I drop the little pre-show one I dropped on you guys before? Go ahead. If you wish. <laughs> oh, shit. There's a certain Hawthorne player that's not very, very popular amongst the uh, the rank and file of the AFL, probably. But uh, don't be surprised or shocked. Don't be shocked if James Sicily is wearing blue and white stripes next year. Jeez. <laughs> you heard it here first. Now, if the club wants to come out and refute any of these rumours, uh, you know where to reach us. Moving um, you won't be able to find me. I, I move bike around a lot. <laughs> I'm hiding from a number of people. There's a number of files out on me, like Kimbo. There's a lot of ASIO files down on Kimbo. There's probably a few out on me. <laughs> uh, so, yep, uh, if the um, club feel to either confirm or deny any of these rumours, we're all ears. Moving one, on. One thing, though. Oh. Why would we trade with Hawthorne again? Yeah. Why would no, we he's, un- he's uncontracted, he's, is he? He's uncontracted. Yeah. But he's not a free agent. No, he wouldn't be. Not yet, he's, he's not, no. So we we'd have, have to trade, trade for him well. on PSD. At- yeah, yeah. We'd, have to, we'd have to give him something for him. But he's not, yeah. He can have Jed Anderson back. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say Which the contract. Which is unfair, because I quite like him. Sorry? The contract that they offered Sicily not that long ago was uh, offensive, and he, he told them to stick it up their ass. Yeah, that said, he, he finds a lot of things offensive. His face okay, is offensive. Okay, the can play. He can play. I, Just he can play, but he's on, got a real um, mug on him. I said this on the Flogcast a few weeks ago. Um, do you reckon he looks like Clayton Oliver a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really think so, but I reckon he does. A little bit, yeah. Mm, indeed. Okay, uh, I think we'll move on to the review. Um, this will probably be to. a very short second. Um, yeah, look, a guarding loss for a lot of reasons on the weekend. Um, obviously, Ben going down was probably the worst of a very, well, worst of a number of bad bad things to come out of the game. Um, so let's uh, have a look at the positives. 
Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark cracking the 30 disposal barrier for the first time in his career, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's a pretty good effort. Um, as uh, Philly mentioned earlier, Jack Zebel going forward and kicking five. I think that's um, that that would that's a sign of things to come potentially. Definitely, if we uh, if what is happening does happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we had Ben with twenty eight, which was a bit of a hmm, a bit interesting that I saw that that, that was a number because. At the ground, it didn't real. It didn't really appear that he racked up that those bigger numbers, but I mean, you know, he, he's getting the ball, and that that's definitely a good thing. Yep. Um, and I suppose another mention to Trent Chamont with twenty seven. Oh, you took my one. <laughs> so I was going to mention him. He's a he's a favourite of my French. He because he gets bagged by Teffy, so I'm kind of taking him under my wing a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Like I did with all those years he's, ago. He's just, um, just putting him through the uh, trainee, um, the trainee before blocking. Uh, so you've got that ready-made replacement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got 420 metres gained, which is pretty good for a midfielder, especially considering some players only got seven metres plus, i.e. Yeah. Joe Watson over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Seven clearances. That's all you can ask from this goldie games. Yeah, look, I mean, he played he played well in the VFL after being demoted, and his form since coming back's been pretty good, actually. So I think it's it's really um, it's really good to see that because the last thing we want is players to get dropped and then start dropping their heads, yeah. and it's it's actually going to be really important for players like you want who are just that little bit more experience that these guys coming under him to really push a culture where they want to push themselves and they want to improve and they want to prove people wrong because there's going to be many over the journey. There's going to be heaps of um, media types or fans or even us willing to pot these guys. So it's, uh, I think it's, I think it was really good response from him. Um, yeah, he's definitely Swallow's replacement. You can definitely see he's a better version, a more skilled version of Swallow. Probably defensively, yep. Yep. he needs to model that game a little bit more on Swallow. But look, he's, as I said, he's got a lot of development to go. Another yeah, one I, I want to mention is probably Taylor Garner. Uh, he probably didn't have the best game, but 19 disposals and a goal still. That, yep. You'll be happy with that. That's what we want from him 20 goals, or 20 disposals and a goal a game. Yeah, from that, from and I mean him. four marks and four tackles. It's it, it, it's it's a solid game. That's what you want from your inexperienced small to medium forwards. That's all you can ask from them: defensive pressure and marking as much as you can with the contested yeah. stuff. Absolutely, yeah, no, nothing, <laughs> no disagreement there. Uh, Philly, what did you take out of the match? Look, it wasn't great. I, I like I said, I only saved that at half time, and so I saw one goal. What did we kick to half time? One goal nine was it, or something like that? Yeah. But that wasn't sure. a wasn't a great feeling walking out at half time and listening to the rest of it on the radio while we drove home. But um, I I didn't think Tarrant had his first uh, had his best game, or at least what I saw. I didn't think he had his best game. No. Made some, some made some mistakes. I thought, like I said before, I thought Nielsen played pretty well. I was reasonably impressed. I thought Atley was. He, he was trying really hard to do things, and it just things just weren't falling his way. Like, yeah, 
I didn't think he was as bad as what other people did. I mean, I got a few phone calls and a few messages saying, get him out of the team. And I just didn't – I just felt See, like it just didn't really go for him. Like, every time he turned around, there'd be someone running into where he wanted to kick it. And it just, it just didn't work out. It was just one of those nights for sure. See, but, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, with the game like as it was, um, I'm, I don't care if someone like Atlee – gets tackled or gets caught or or whatever when he's trying to take the game on because yeah. if he never tries it, he'll never improve. And, yeah. you know, like if he keeps doing it and keeps tracking on the trajectory that he is currently, I think when we have uh, the bigger bodies and the stronger midfielders in the future, I think, I think he'll, he'll probably – Hit his peak, and that. How old Sean Atley? Does anyone know? Twenty-four. I'm thinking. Nah, twenty-five. Twenty-five. I think he might be turning twenty-six this year. Okay. I mean, so I mean, yeah. I mean, you know that once he gets to that twenty-seven, twenty-eight age, it's probably. I mean, you know, he's been relatively injury-free, so I think he could still, still improve, and I think that would with. Would be a, See, um, I, I, was, I, was, a big I, I really like Atlee, but I kind of disagree. I mean, I, 27, 28, around that age, I, I think you start losing a little bit of a yard, don't you? And, I mean, his main go is that he's faster than all the other blokes out there. Yeah. Well, I mean... If that improvement's got to come, it's got to come... He's 25 this year, by the way. Same day as is my he? birthday. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, okay well, so yeah. He's got a little I mean, bit of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not wishing him out of the league or anything. He's probably going to play for another <laughs> six seasons. But I just, I, th- I think his his best stuff needs to happen sharpish. Oh, of course, yeah. But it was heartening to see him take the game on as much as yeah. He did. I, I agree. I, I didn't. Think, I didn't think he was that bad. I thought he was alright. And I thought Swallow was pretty good in the first half as well. Actually, I thought he, he tackled pretty hard and he did some good things. And yeah, I mean, also and, when. When things aren't working for the team as a whole, you know, it's not going to be – you're not going to have these standout performances. You're That's going to right. have players make mistakes. You're going to have players look second best because largely for the whole game, the whole team was second best. I mean, there's no getting away from that fact. Or whilst we are talking about positives, yeah, you know, a player like Atlee – will play better when the team plays better. And that's not a that's not a knock on Sean. It's just the position that he plays and the style of play he plays. Mm. He's never going to be, you know, best on ground and on losing side. He might be among the best, but Yeah. Like it's where it's when everyone's firing is when we'll see the best out of him. I mean look, I thought I was pretty disappointed with the Rucks. I think Bruce and Goldstein had average games. Bruce isn't hundred percent. We shouldn't be pointing. No, and, I, and that and that's something that we need to talk about because going back to what we were talking about before about the management of injuries, that mm. the, yeah. the flow on effect from that is you've got to play players that aren't right. And yeah, well, playing is... players that aren't right, it becomes a vicious circle. Well, we had this discussion with Daniel Wells last year, and I think. Because in Prusa's case, I think it is general soreness, but it's hard to measure soreness a lot of the time. In particular, with back injuries, he's gotten over the initial injury. That's fine, but we're not sure how bad it actually is in terms of soreness. 
you know, do we play him That's or not right. play him? And Daniel Wells obviously that's a different case. He's a bit more sensitive to that kind of thing. I, I don't think Prusa obviously is. I'm not saying he is, but it's just no. hard to measure how sore these guys are and what the body can take. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah, we're still here. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it just went quiet again. Like <laughs> everything went quiet. No, no buzz in the background or anything like that. But yeah, like absolutely. Um, like I don't think Prusa's performed as well as he did in those first few games of the season. And hopefully the reason for that is just the niggles, which is fine. Um, what do we, but what do we do? Do we, do we, do we bite the bullet and just say, okay, well, we're going to have to play, you know, Ben, Ben Mackay or play Durden in the well, rut. The, th- the thing is, if we rest all these players that say, have these little niggles and soreness, we wouldn't have a best 22. Like Zebul, I still think's, part injured yeah well yeah. he will yeah he was sore after the collision on the weekend i think Cunningham's played a bit sore too. yeah i mean there's being brave and then there's mm. like i suppose yeah, i won't say picking his spots but oh, he, the zebel one snacked of him trying to make an impact to get the boys back up after the brown thing yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He wanted I mean, to do like the Sam Mitchell signature moment that he did last year, or yeah. the year before, whenever it was. We can't fault him for effort. That's that's probably. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I just, you know, like because you could see it happening, you could see that you knew what was going to happen as as it was as it was unfolding, and you just think, oh, in that circumstance, you've just yeah. got to protect yourself a little bit better, I think. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, that is Jack Siebel, and that's probably why we love him at the same time. So, Yeah. So just going back to that, going back to Siebel's four game and him embarrassing Tyson Goldsack again, because he did it back in round 23, back in 2013, with that shootout where Michael Frito was on Travis Cloak and stuff like that. It was a bit <laughs> of a shootout. Rewatching that game... And he, he did it to Tyson Goldsack then, and he did it again <laughs> this week. So it was quite amusing to see that. So if we do get Dusty, or when we get Dusty, sorry, Philly, so when we get Dusty, do we have to kind of force him to play that half-forward role? Because we can't have Dusty ends at the same time. Well, not with, not, with Cun- not with Cunnington anyway. Because Cunnington, Dusty, and Kelly is the starting midfield, rotating with Zebel 20% of the time. Jim Mont yeah. playing a bit of wing, a bit of half forward. McDonald going in there now and again. If Swallow's still around, maybe if he's still in. That's a pretty good inside midfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, a half forward or even a forward pocket will if probably... If it will happen, take... though, that's the thing. Will it happen? Well, will it ha- I mean, will it happen? I, I would like to think that it would. Yep. Keeping in mind, though, anyone who plays a high half forward is essentially another midfielder when the actual flow of the game is going on. I mean, and I think having him as a marking target up forward maybe 50% of the time and sort of that half forward flank, the other half, I think that would be the best use of him. I mean, obviously, he's going to spend the odd the odd, you know, contest um, 
relieving someone like Martin or, or even Cunnington. But, yeah, I think um, I think it would make him a very dangerous player. And well, I think even, would... Yeah, sorry, uh, even Kelly, because they put up numbers from Kelly's game over the weekend. It's something like he spent 40% forward. He's still got 27 disposals and two goals. So even yeah. guys like Kelly can do that. Yeah, and that's it. Like, you, you sort of start to think that, you know, the way football is at the moment, even if you are a forward pocket, you still you still, you know, required to work pretty hard. It's not the old um it's not the old forward pocket where you just sit there for the whole game. Yeah. All right, so we'll probably move on now yep. from the review. Because <laughs> Phil is getting impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps the eyes are getting heavy. Platforms. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. We'll move on. Alrighty, so we'll move into obviously the preview. We've got the Hawks this weekend at the University of Tasmania Sandbox or whatever it's called <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> um, good. Have at it. What mm. do we think? No, Josh Gibson, so they might actually stand a chance against us. Well, I mean... <laughs> it's disappointing we don't get a farewell Josh Gibson game, though, isn't it? Well, we, love that. we can bring up a banner if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy retirement, you disgusting little fog. Who said that? <laughs> no, well, of course not. Oh, the, um, the, uh, the whispers that are coming through this must have a cross line or something. Um, but... Um, probably the two worst performed teams over the weekend, really, in terms of quality of football. Um, yeah, it might be a good old-fashioned Tasmanian slugfest. Well, looking at Hawthorne's form before, I think they won something like 4-5 on the trot. Well, the form yeah. was good for 4-5 on the trot, at least, anyway. And they are back to their best style of football. They played Gunston in defence of all places. So, yeah, well, he's um, he's had a yeah had a bit of a resurgence because the start of the season he was not the same Jack Gunston that nah, had been. teams figured him out. They started boarding him up a bit more. They put more pressure on the on the kicks, and he was only a lead up forward. He was never a strong contested yeah. mark, and he got figured he likes out. Getting it easy. He likes getting it easy on a platter. He does. Yeah, and that's why Pompeo's not in the so team, good. and that's why Luke Bruce struggled a lot early on as well. I don't have a high opinion of Luke Bruce, as many people know. And there's a few others that you're front-running. They were just like people feeding it to them on the platter. And yeah. But to their credit, they fixed themselves up. They've got some good kids coming through. Sisley's a gem. It's a flog, but he's a gem. Sean yep. Burnbine's <laughs> as good as ever. He's just an absolute gun. He he really he makes yep. such a difference to that midfield. Mitchell, he just does what Mitchell does. He's a good midfielder. He accumulates. Probably doesn't use it that great. Doesn't do a heck with it, but still, he's a good midfielder. I think yeah. Hawthorne have got the edge on us. Just oh yeah, absolutely. Long-term form, that's better. I think they've got more cattle in the park. It's their home ground. Now we do both play Tassie pretty well. Both teams play have played some interesting games down there. I remember that Matty yep. Campbell game. We kicked three in the last quarter. I was there that day. Yeah, we went. <laughs> Would have been interesting. That was the day Jordan Lewis uh, smacked Daniel Pratt got suspended for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Pratt, geez, that brings back memories. <laughs> Mad jokes, etc. Yeah, look, I think the Hawks... <laughs> it depends on the weather conditions. If it's a bit wet, I actually think we can, if we go a bit shorter too, I think that might suit us a little bit. 
Uh, well, we he's... might have to go shorter, to be perfectly honest. Well, it hasn't hurt Richmond, and it hasn't hurt a few other sides, so why not? Free tours have Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think, yeah. I think we're at the start of the se- or stage of the season where I think we're just waiting for the – we're just holding on to the end. It, it's pretty apparent. Like, we're just – all the injuries, all the niggles have accumulated, and I think we've really hit the wall in that respect. I think Hawthorne will still want to finish out the season quite well, but um, I think a big question for me is, does Ben Brown play? Like I said earlier, I hope he doesn't. Um, But the next question is, who leads the forwards? Do we just play Zeeble full forward for the whole game? Do we take a punt on Ben Mackay? Do we give... Uh, Nick Larky another go. Oh, I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think we'll give Larky another go. Yeah, I, from that, he I just think, looked so out of his depth. It, look, it's not a fault of anyone, really. It's yeah. just the way. It's just the way of rate of development goes. So I'll say we'll bring in Lockie. Lockie was in pretty good form VFL. His contested marking was good. He kicked three pretty easy goals. He could have had four or five. He handed a couple off. He's yep. he's in form. He's a good kick for goal. He's a strong mark. I think. It's a good way to bring him Did in. you love Lockie, don't you? <laughs> I'll do anything to get him back in the team. I, I don't think we've treated him that well this year. He hasn't been that bad. He's just he hasn't been superb. He's just getting on. And I think, well, yeah. well, I do think it's sort of a it's a, a symptom of where we are at a club it's, at the moment. He would possibly have got games for teams that were, you know, a settled sort of challenge. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll get a stint like at that. Melbourne's full forward line after their injuries and stuff. He would have came in. Then they they yeah. need a key forward like that. Yeah, and I suppose it speaks to the um the actual depth that we do have in the key backs. I mean, we've got too many. We've got too many when we thought at the start of the season it may have been a weakness. I mean, well, that's the problem with all... drafting all these defenders and stuff like that. Benny McKay was a defender when we. Drafted him. That's what he was. The key no, he wasn't. Ben McCoy was a centre half forward, wasn't he? Well, oh, he played. Apparently, he played kind of like 50-50. I got told that during the week. On yeah, yeah. This I is what happens when I rely on third-hand information from the big footy. But yeah, I got yeah, told I'll, he was. My reading on it is that he was he was he was recruited as, as a centre half forward type. I mean, Durden, Durden was definitely the defender, but Robbie Tarrant was recruited as a, as a forward as well who's yeah. turned out to be an excellent back. I mean, sometimes it's just the way it works out. I mean, I, I hope I hope they bring in Hanson and McKay, or McKay, and I hope they play Hanson back and McKay forward. Do we need any more people back, though? I mean, we've got we've got Tarrant, Durden, Nielsen, Nielsen Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. Right, probably. So, really. Just swap the two key forwards out from last. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad idea, bring in the new two. And play yeah. Zeeble forward and, and let, the, let the midfielders just go at him. Yeah, and if Lockie's not working, we'll just you can we can always switch him anyway for Durden. Durden's shown he's been capable of switching forward. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, I do, it'd be great to see McKay and, and or Mackay. Is it McKay or Mackay? Which one is he? I'm going to say Mackay. Yeah, Mackay's the one that typically they pronounce it with Harry's name, so I assume that's how they pronounce okay, it. Okay, let's go. I'd like to see Durden and Mackay in the same team. I think that they hopefully will be, you know, sent up or sent up back for years to come. So I think that'd be kind of cool to see them out there. 
Well, reading the VFL reports, apparently he played very much like a Tarrant type game down back. Like yeah, big and and he, strong. the last couple of weeks he has. I watched that the game before against Port Melbourne, and he played on their big full forward, and and it was would have been a real good learning experience for him because. But I think the guy kicked five or six goals on him. And, um, yeah, but he but he played alright. I mean, it was it was as far as getting five or six kicked on you, he probably played about as good as he could have played. The guy only had that many shots. He's just a really good kicker goal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll go into the tips and Philly lead us off. Hawthorne by seven points. Okay. Ben. North by thirteen. Oh shit. Okay, uh, I'm going to go north by one. Oh, don't do that. I'll have a heart attack if that happens. <laughs> I can't okay. watch north in the last two minutes anymore. Yeah, no, well, I think we're going to take – this is going to be the best thing for us for this year. Just put that close game knock to rest, and I think we'll be okay. Um, okay, for the last last event of the evening – Last item, I should say, on the agenda, is the carriage award. Billy. Taylor Duray. Oh, brilliant. Do you reckon he's going to um, be told to get fucked by um, James Sicily? Yeah, he probably will. And he, he'll probably dive into Cunnington's knee and, and get kind of suspended again. <laughs> ben? Ryan Showermakers. Oh, good one. Uh, Very good, actually. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go Connor Glass. Oh, is that the Irish really bloke, good. is it? Yes, the Irish bloke. Oh, geez, he even looks Irish. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that's a bad thing to say. He's, I shouldn't say that. He's red. He's red. That's is a bad he? thing for me to say. Yeah, he's yeah. very red. He's, yeah. Think Josh Thurgood without the dreadlocks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. Right, I think that's it for the evening, isn't it? Yep, yeah, pretty much. I um, I think my kids are screaming their heads off, so I might have to go <laughs> help them laugh. Um, well, that's the episode for this evening. Um, hope you enjoyed the new items. I hope for your feedback during the week. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope your team wins this weekend. See you thanks, guys. Boys. Bye.